This episode is brought to you by Freedom of Creativity. Freedom of Creativity is a directory for freedom-loving businesses and creatives to connect, share their talents, collaborate on projects, and change our culture through creative action. Join for free today at freedomofcreativity.com and list your company, yourself, whether you're an artist, musician, service provider, or even a blogger podcast. Freedomofcreativity.com. The culture is in your hands. Welcome to the Rookie Marican Podcast. I'm your girl, Lisette Carter. Thank you for tuning in. Listen, it's been a crazy past couple of weeks, uh, but made it. I'm alive. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But look at, we've got some updates. As you can see here, we've updated the background. If you're on YouTube, if you're not on YouTube and you're on Apple or Spotify or whatever, behind me, I have the official Christian flag. I have the United States America flag, and then I have the Puerto Rican flag. How about that? Just added a little, because you know what? Jesus is first. We keep God first around here. That's why we added that flag in, because I just wanted to make sure y'all knew that your girl keeps the G-O-D first. So I uh, just got finished doing a photo shoot yesterday for some much needed overdue content photos that I hope you guys will enjoy. They're kind of edgy, you know, but, um, whatever you didn't come on here to hear me talk about that stuff, <laughs> uh, but look out for them. They're pretty cool. There some people want to want me to put them as uh, the cover for, uh, the new book, uh, which officially went into copyright copyright today. Praise the Lord. Uh, we had some publishing issues, but I was able to uh, finagle. I, I, you know, when there's a will, there's a way. You just get it done. You know what I'm saying? No matter how long it takes. <laughs> my first book took me like three to six months. My second book was the same. Uh, and to be fair, I did have publishers in my corner um, that were helping me. My third book, not so much. Took me a very long time. I would say about a year and a half, maybe two, uh, to get this bad boy out. And it's not even like, a super in-depth liter- literature, you know, book. It's, <laughs> it is summarized, uh, true U.S. history, government, um, and politics. Keep it really simple, really light uh, for people. And also I have tons of resources on there um, that I back up all of my information with. So it's just kind of like a go-to quick resource guide uh, when it comes to all things history, politics, and government. So with that said, if you haven't already, go ahead and pre-order. The price will increase uh, when uh, the book comes out. I'd love to put together some kind of a book lunch party here in the Central Mass area uh, so I can meet all of you who have pre-ordered. Uh, but go ahead and do that. Go to rookierevival.com or you know what? Go to the link in whatever bio or whatever you find uh, because the Rookie Revival one is actually under construction. There's another link um, that you can go to, I believe it's authorlessetcarter.weebly. Um, but if you have any trouble, just contact me. All right. So today we are going to talk about influence and the last podcast last Monday, we had to reschedule our podcast, but the prior one before that 501c3 was intense. That was an intense podcast. Um, got a lot of feedback, um, from that one actually learned that somebody <laughs> lost their life um, exposing the topics that I had uh, talked about. Um, but you know what? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. 
that's that's what the word says i believe it to be true and that's it that's that's it you know what i'm saying like i'm not i'm not gonna be stressing about that um but i want to talk about influence today because it's very interesting the dynamic right now with okay so current events we are march 13th 2022 uh russia has invaded ukraine uh prior to that the jab restrictions um, for the thing, the demic, I'll just call it a demic, for the demic, um, for the, you know, trial, what are those, the word, the clinical trial, because you can't really call it a jab. It's a clinical trial. It's still in clinical trial, okay? Um, has been lifted all of a sudden. Uh, pe- many people believe it's because the midterms are coming up. All of a sudden, these um, restrictions have been lifted all over the world, really, all over the country, um, where, you know, you don't really have to wear a, um, a muzzle, you don't have to wear, you know, you don't have to show uh, a certificate or, you know, uh, I don't want to say the word because I don't want to get banned. I've been like shadow banned all week and I'm trying to avoid that, you know, where you have to show, I, you know, a proof that you've got the clinical trial. Um all of a sudden, all it seemed like it was getting worse and worse, and then everything just got lifted. Okay, um, and then uh, Russia, and I'm not going to be doing, you know, like a in-depth current events. What I found on Russia and Ukraine, it's just not my style. That's not what I'm here for. Maybe if I'm led to do it, I will, but I'm not. But here's the thing about that. Now that we're talking about influence, is that a lot of people that in the beginning of, from the time the demic started um, until a few months ago, you know, they were, I feel like people are like on two sides of the aisle, right? And we all know this. You have the people that are kind of like, yo, I'm done with this. I just want my freedom. I don't want you to impose anything. This is BS. And then you have the other side who is just like gung-ho, you know, at this point, it's almost kind of like a, (laughs) I feel like it's almost pride because, they kind of have an idea that all of this was planned and they kind of have an idea that the cloth old Navy muzzles don't work, but they are just too far deep in the game. (laughs) They're in too deep and they don't want to admit that they're wrong. I mean, I, there's literally for me personally, there's literally no other explanation other than the fact that you're just in too deep and there's just no coming back from that. Like you just don't want to admit that you were wrong. And some people do admit that they're wrong, but you know, there's just like, I just feel like there's just two, those are the two options for you right now. And maybe three, maybe there are people that really think that this is a real, you know, that those things are going to work for them. And like the government is for, you know, trying to look out for you. I mean, really, you've got to be living under a rock if you believe that, in my opinion. Um, so there are people that have discovered and, you know, what the devil meant for bad, God can turn for good. And during this whole two year, this whole two year period, a lot has been exposed. The government has been exposed. Um, dare I say, Dr. His, his, his name begins with Ouchie. Dr. Ouchie's been exposed, you know, if you go dig into his background and what he funded and his history and stuff like that. Um, There has been a lot that is the media has been exposed. I mean, 
there are so many things that have been exposed and we feel like that we've been duped. And a lot of people have turned and you can see by the media ratings too. I mean, more people are listening to Joe Rogan's podcast than anybody I'm than in, on any other like news station. Like his ratings are much better than regular news. And it's because he's pretty objective. I mean, I've seen a lot of his podcasts. He just wants to ask questions. He's not there to make, you know, a diagnosis. He's not there to make a determination. He just wants to ask questions to get to the root of the truth with any subject, with everybody. So he's a real dude, you know, people respect the guy. And so a lot of people have lost a lot of respect for the current media, newspapers, I mean, social media, I can imagine many people got off of social media during this time because it was just like, I mean, not only was it, there was just, it was just inundation of like, I don't know if that's a word of like just information and um, manipulating algorithms and people getting banned just for like, just saying like the smallest thing. It's insane, you know? So, you know, we've, we've learned that the past two years, not only is the government corrupt, which we've known for a long time, but also the media is extremely corrupt. So now switching gears, we know that the media has been lying to us. Okay. All of a sudden, Russia and Ukraine, Russia goes at it with Ukraine. And the media is telling us that Russia is the bad guy and Ukraine is the good guy. Okay. So I mean, the first time that they, when they announced this, I was kind of like, whoa, that's, you know, World War III, like that's intense. But then I realized when they, you would go on social media or you would go anywhere, who was in support of Ukraine? I mean, first of all, we've seen the things with Biden Jr., his dealings and Biden before with the Obama administration with Ukraine, when all of that stuff started coming out of like his laptop leaks and everything that for some reason got swept under the rug, when he was with minors, he was with, I mean, there was just so much on there that we don't, we don't know what's going on. We know that these agencies like the FBI, all that stuff, we know that they're, I mean, many, many agencies are corrupt. There's actually no need for some of them. Um, but you know, there's, there's people that have been in support who we learned that they were corrupt, um, who are in support of Ukraine and, and are fa factually saying, or they're saying that Russia is the bad guy. And these people include the Clintons, George Soros, um, you know, basically everybody who has lied to us and, and who's responsible for lying to us in the past couple of years. And on top of that, the media will show, you know, we don't, we don't listen, we're at the bottom of the food chain. When the media shows you a video, a clip, and we've known this and we've seen it, we saw it happen with Donald Trump, where they would put a clip of him saying something and then they would manipulate it into thinking it's something else or manipulating it so that the public think it's something else. But, you know, when it comes to like bombings and shootings, we don't really know where those clips are coming from. It's not like we're going on the 
Russian satellite TV or whatever, or Ukraine satellite TV, and actually seeing these things happen. We, act, we don't know. And people are saying, oh, did you see the clip of the bombing of the car of a civilian? Yeah, but we don't, we're at the bottom of, we don't know it, where that clip is coming from. We're, people are just telling us that that's what it is. So this is how you need to think about everything, especially with the exposing of the media. And this is how, this is what happens with influence. And so, you know, when I looked at the people, you know, Obama, when I looked at the people that were in support of Ukraine, anytime those people that are insanely corrupt are in favor of something, I have to question it. I mean, listen, if George, (laughs) I heard somebody say this, if George Soros was declared Christianity, I would probably renounce (laughs) my Christian card. Because you got to really question like what, like the legitimacy of what they're supporting. Come on, George Soros is in support of Ukraine. Why? Why is that? Why are the Clintons in support of Ukraine? Why are they so against Russia? What's going on? Then you have this other theory. And I don't know. I haven't looked into it, but that there are bio American bio labs in Ukraine. I mean, there is so, so much corruption between the dealings of Ukraine and the United States um, I mean, those guys, I, I think it was Ukraine that um, Biden Jr. was the board of energy or something like that. And he was pulling millions out of there. I don't have the specifics, but the point is you've got to follow, you know, when it comes to being in support of these issues, you've got to follow who was in support of them and why that is key. Uh, So when it comes to influence, like, I mean, this could happen in your everyday life, but let's say like in politics, for example, I'm going to start with Cuba. Um, Influence when it comes to the media with Cuba. So I had this obsession for a long time with Cuba. I don't know why I was like, um, anytime I would talk to somebody who was Cuban, I would just be intrigued with, you know, what, what's Cuba like? what's really going on over there. Because if you Google Cuba, you know, Google is a corrupt search engine. If you Google Cuba, um, all you see is like palm trees. You don't see the stuff that's really going on there. Like they ration food there. Like you don't, they don't have any meat there. The meat is for the politicians there. They don't, they don't really eat that stuff there. You get like, I don't know what, what the real thing is, but you know, you get like five slices of cheese, you know, one thing of bread for the week. Like there's, there's, you have to fill out a card and that's, that's the state tells you what you're going to be eating. You don't have a selection of like 10 different breads. There's one bread and everything is super expensive. So, you know, the, before that Cuba was a thriving nation. And so you know, the reason why Cuba fell, and I had done a lot of research on Cuba, I thought maybe at some point when um, the restrictions, the restrictions fell between the US and Cuba, or Cuba, I don't want to say Cuba, because that's not how you say Cuba, when the restrictions fell from Cuba and the United States, that I was supposed to go over there and maybe start some kind of a local business to help the community or something. Um, but I got, that is the first time that I actually got engulfed in like history, like learning about history. And one of the things that I learned about Cuba was that when 
Castro went to go um, basically take over Cuba. And I'm going to, I'm going to summarize this when he went to go take it over. One of the things that they did was they got a hold of the media. Um, They only had like radio and, you know, newspapers. And so at the time, I think they may have had, I mean, 1960s, you know, TV. Um, But for the most part, those were their things of, you know, um, streams of communication. And so they got a hold of the media. And even though there weren't a lot of them, I mean, you would think that when they overthrew Cuba, that it was a lot of people that came in and did that, but it really wasn't. It was like a handful. Like it was, it was not even like a huge military. It was just a handful of people. And when they would lose a battle, like they would go in and they would fight, you know, I, I, I don't remember the name of it, but you know, there was one point where they just kind of, they had a surprise attack on something and they ended up all getting arrested. And then the one person went and said, Hey, we won this attack. And they transmitted that throughout the entire um, nation of Cuba throughout the entire country that they had won when they really got all arrested. So people were thinking, wow, like we're going to be, you know, the revolution is here. Like that we're going to be overthrown, but that wasn't really the case. Uh, They ended up overthrowing it because they had started that way, making sure that they had control of the media. Um, And if you've listened to my socialism podcast, I think it's on season one, the original intent of socialism, that is one of the tactics that they do when they quietly infiltrate a country, which is the US, is that they quietly overtake the media and they spin narratives. And so, you know, there's a book out there called um, Pitch Perfect, not not the not the movie. My husband used to watch that movie. He loves to like sing and all that. Not all people know that, but he's a really good singer and um, like boys to men kind of. And he um, he used to watch P- Pitch Perfect, like the movie, like every Saturday, like it was a Saturday morning. <laughs> cartoon. (laughs) It was really funny. Um, But anyway, I digress. There's a book out there called Pitch Perfect, and it's a book um, designed to help people with public speaking, how to be concise, um, how to, uh, you know, how to moderate, stuff like that. And in the book, it talks about how, what was I, why did I even bring that up? Oh, In the book, it talks about an anchor in the early, uh, like 1990s. uh, And I think it was like Peter Jennings and Peter Jennings. They did a test on him where he would, when he would talk about a political candidate, his voice would get so excited and would have an influx and it would be like, Oh, you know, he would be like perkier than normal. And then uh, when he would talk about a candidate, a political candidate that he didn't like, he would just be like this. He would just be like, well, his poll numbers are up right now. And, you know, like he would be, have like a, a sad demeanor, uh, like a monotone demeanor. And they noticed that that would influence polls for the candidates. And so now fast forward 2020, right? We're 2022 now, but in 2020, 2020, all these anchors went ape crap (laughs) on on the air like they were losing their their marbles on the air I mean if you saw some of the liberal media you would be like how are you a journalist they would straight up insult candidates 
straight up insult people and they would cry on the air and they would say people were stupid and they would, I mean, the things that sometimes they would have to get bleeped that, I mean, this stuff was blatant. It wasn't even like a excited or like, you know, it wasn't even like that. It was in your face. Like this is it. They went full a beep <laughs> on the media insane. And so and you would compare them with like conservative news outlets and the conservative news. I mean, they can get a little rowdy too. I mean, but they, they were funnier because they would just point out how ridiculous the, the liberal media was. And so it was, it was actually pretty interesting. It was an interesting time. Um, but that's, that's how, you know, the influence happens. And so, you know, there are four different types of influences when it comes to politics in government. And so one of them is relationships. One is information and expertise. You have money and then you have collective action. So now obviously with relationships, I mean, you can see this in a corrupt form where I think it was Eric Swalwell who was worked for the government, um, who was married to a Russian, uh, a Chinese spy. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a, a great example of a form of influential relationships where things can happen based on those relationships. Um, so, you know, you know, a guy or, you know, you've, you built a rapport with someone for so long that those that can influence you or your family can influence you. I mean, there are people that have grown up Democrat um, because their families told them you're a Democrat and they were like, okay, sure. Or they'd be like, oh, you're Catholic no, you're, you're Catholic. You'll always be Catholic. You were born Catholic. And they're like, okay, sure. Yeah. You know, I'm Catholic. And that those are forms of influences within relationships. Then you have your information and expertise. I mean, that is my number one <laughs> influence. I don't go by what people really tell me. I mean, mo I think most of the time, if I repost something, it's funny. I really don't know if it's true. If it's funny, it's funny, you know? Um, but there are things that you really, I mean, again, if you go back to the um, Dr. Peter McCullough and Dr. Malone, um, those are very good resources on the Joe Rogan podcast. Again, I mean, this dude does his homework and Joe Rogan ain't no slouch either. Like that dude, he does his homework as well. Um, but there's so much information. Those guys were at the forefront of creating the mRNA or whatever the um, the clinical trial, they were at the forefront of that. So they, you know, if you sit down with a notebook and write down, take notes on that, that is a very informational, I mean, American frontline doctors, they have information on what's in the clinical trials, um, what they were designed for. Uh, you can find resources. I mean, even before that, when people would say, you know, are you going to get your daughter jabbed with the normal ones that you send them to school with? You know what I mean? I would say I, I there was something inside of me when she turned one that was kind of like, don't do it. And I told her doctor at the time, I said, I'm going to wait. And he currently, he literally went into sales mode. And that's when I was really like, I'm all set. Like, let me, let me look into it. And I wanted to know what was in it, what, what chemicals are in there that I'm putting into her, that her body, you know, can't develop the immunity on its own. And so I, I've always been that way. You know, I, I wanted to know, give me the insert. I want to know exactly what's in that thing. 
And so I, I, I wanted the information. I wanted the expertise behind it. And if you couldn't give me a solid answer and you couldn't give me a resource or references or whatever, I'm not just going to take your word. I don't even take word like from preachers, like preachers or pastors that I trust. I don't take their word for it. They're human beings. <laughs> I go back in the Bible. I go into the truth. This is the truth right here. I go back into the Bible and I, I, I look for it. I want to know what they're saying, how they're saying it. If that's who it was written to, what's, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you have to be very, very, very aware of the information that's going into your mind. Uh, money. Listen, this is one of, obviously, obviously politicians and money. I mean, look, this is a very simple way of looking at this. When let's say you are a, uh, pro life, you know, you, you're, you're to the core, um, pro-life and you decide to start running in your town and your town is majority Democrat. Okay. And you know that there are pro-abort there. I don't want to say pro- I don't want to say the word because I can get banned. Um, um, procedure, let's say you're pro procedure, and uh, you, you know, you that's that's just what you want to run and you want stuff to change in your town. Um, but then you have groups that come up to you or like special interest groups, and they say, "Hey, you know, this is what we believe in," and this is, this is what we stand for. We'll give you, I don't know, we'll give you $2 million, you know, we'll, or people will come up to them. They say, we'll give you $2 million. If you change the policy, if you can, you know, change the policies to pro procedure here, um, or maybe, um, pro procedures already up to like, you know, 20 weeks and they want to make it up to nine months you know, we'll pay you millions of dollars or your campaign $5 million if you decide to, um, if you can switch that policy up for us, what are you going to do? You know what I'm saying? If your campaign isn't making any money or you guys aren't getting contributions or donations and, you know, you're tight on money, are you going to forego your core beliefs for that. That's how good politicians can turn bad very quickly. They take these contributions and it's called quid pro quo where, you know, Hey, you scratch, I scratch your back. You scratch mine. We're going to donate this to you, but you got to do this for us. And when you, that's why you have to look at the track record of these politicians and say, how have they voted throughout their lifetime? Have they always voted? Have they always been for this policy? Because if they start flipping the moment they get into office, there's probably some kind of money involved. And if you, um, in my book, it's under the legislative branch um, where I break down all of the salaries for everybody in Congress. And you'd be surprised how little they make in comparison to what they're making on the side of that. I mean, Nancy Pelosi brings in millions and millions and millions of dollars. And she's supposed to be making, I don't know, not even a fraction of that. So, <laughs> so, I mean, in Congress, so you, you've got to, I mean, that's my own personal thing. Like if you work for, if you work for the government, you should be on government help, <laughs> right? You should be on food stamps. Like <laughs> that's just, 
you shouldn't be making all this money. Like, what do you, but what are you doing? You're there to be a voice for us, not to make money. So that's a, a side subject, but God, that is definitely probably one of the number one influences right now. And the Bible says, and most people will misquote this and they will say, oh, the Bible says, you know, money is the root of all evil. No, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. So, you know, good people can do good things with money. I don't plan to be a broke Christian, not for nothing. But, you know, the Bible's number one subject is money and it teaches you how to invest. It teaches you about God's way of doing finances, keeping God first. God wants to make sure that your money is in your hand, not in your heart. And so, and he also promises you that the moment that you give it away to advance the kingdom of God or at the, at the prompting of the Holy Spirit, that he will return that pressed down, shaken together and runneth over. And so when you're operating, you know, through those things, you're, you're going to be blessed, abundantly blessed. And that is one thing that a lot of Christians don't like talking about. They don't, or they, you just, because right now, if you, if you're a Christian and you have money, you're going to get, you're going to get slandered for that. There, people don't like, they don't like it when Christians make money, even if you operate by God's financial system. They don't like that. However, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And I I plan on doing some good things with the money that God has blessed me with. Amen. Um, So you've got to take account into what, who, where, what, who's making the money, where is it coming from? um, And why, why do they flip on issues? Uh, Collective action. This is a great, you know, obviously if you take collective action, you're unified I mean, if, if, you know, the, the truckers in Canada, the reason why they, and a lot of people don't know this, but the reason why they actually uh, became, they decided to protest wasn't necessarily because of the clinical trial because they all had it, but it was because when they would go to the U S border to cross, they would give them their papers and they would say, we don't need your papers. We we've been tracking you this whole time. So they were tracked. Um, and they were like, no, that is not what we signed up for. And so that's why they protested. Now the U S was really late in the game, in my opinion, with the, the trucker protesting. I mean, y'all, they were like two years late. Um, but they did it anyway, like a few weeks ago. And, um, they, were able to take collective action. Had they had been unified and had done that a long time ago, there probably would have been a lot more impact. You know, uh, uh, another example would be um, in Puerto Rico a few years ago, um, Ricardo Rosello got ousted out by the public. I mean, they were that, if you want to talk about unified, this I mean, and this was at the height of BLM too. So, you know, BLM was infiltrating everything and like causing chaos. And so they literally, they found out that the governor, the former governor of Puerto Rico, there was a bunch of leaked messages of him just saying awful, awful things about Puerto Ricans and Hurricane Maria. Um, Like saying that, you know, oh, if they're hungry, we should probably throw them another dead body. You know, I mean, it was, terrible and people got wind and it spread so quick throughout the whole island 
And like the whole island went to San Juan. They went to where he lived and they protest for days. And, you know, they did it peacefully. There was very, very little vandalism. I mean, the people that vandalized there were probably, you know, infiltrated. They were probably not even part of it. Um, but they got them out. They did it peacefully. They did it together. I mean, they had music. They had, I mean, they had at like, it was and not that it was a party, but they were, they were there to get something done and they did it. And they found the corruption in the government and the, the Puerto Rican government, just like the U S has always been very corrupt. Um, however, they realized the government, that specific governor was corrupt um, and that the media may have been lying to them. And so with that, I want to point out that right now, um, the for some reason, Puerto Ricans have, in Puerto Rico, have completely believed everything the government has said about the demic. Um, and they've bought in to the clinical trials they bought in even for the children they were the only territory in the united states that required uh clinical trials for little kids to go back to school and you know if you you don't if you need more information on that i mean it's very dangerous for children um go to the american frontline doctors you can you know pull up those podcasts i mean you can with the internet you can find everything um but you know, they, they bought in to whatever the government told them to do to close the businesses down, to have a, a lay se- not lay seca, but like a curfew. Um, you know, I was over there for the most part of 2020 and they, I mean, at 6 PM, I would get a text on my phone saying that I had to go home. <laughs> like, what? And then, you know, I'd be alone on the beach with my daughter and my family and my parents and uh, officers would come riding up in jet skis. Um, it was like the oddest, it was like so weird. I didn't understand why people obeyed. I don't, I, it, it, I still don't understand. I mean, I know why, but it's just interesting to me that just like the situation with Ukraine and Russia, what we're seeing here in the United States and the, when you compare it to the corruption of the demic, right. And like everything that they told us, and we knew that they were lying to us. Why are we believing now all of a sudden a narrative that's being pushed that Russia is bad and Ukraine is good? Why do we, why? Cause it's Russia. Like, why do we believe that? Why are we believing anything these people say? They're trying to gain influence on us in every sort, every which way they're trying to do that. And I don't understand why we would actually go in and, you know, we don't know. We don't, we're at the bottom of the food chain. We should not be, if we have sources in Ukraine or Russia, those are the, <laughs> those are the people that I would believe what's going on over there for real. Um, but they're saying that, that, you know, Putin wants to get rid of these bio labs that America had put there. And we don't, we don't know what's really going on. Why would we believe the U S government or the media? Those are literally the pivotal influences, pivotal influences. Those are core influences in the United States right now. Social media, um, you know, news, you can't believe nothing. You can't believe nothing. These people say nothing, 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 nothing. 
So I just wanted to leave you with, you know, be careful about, ask yourself, why do you believe the way that you believe? Who influences that? Listen, faith comes by hearing and he, well, it says the whole thing is faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing period too. If you just put a period there, if you're currently listening to the wrong people or currently, you know, listening to the news all day long, um, that's going to either build your fear or your faith. And I choose to try and stay as positive as I can and build my faith as much as I can and listen to good people who love America and love Jesus. You know, that's how you build your faith. I'm, I'm not, you cannot be easily influenced by these politicians, the government, the media, nothing by relationships, you money, you can't be easily influenced by those things. Um, you know, you, you've got to be careful about where that info is coming from. So I'll leave you with that. It's pretty short message, but that's, those are the operations. I mean, there are operations that, and I'll read something to you, um, that these people understand when it comes to political influence This, you know, this is a law insider political influence or authority means a tribal council leadership, internal process, or other mechanism, which the tribe or group has used as a means of influencing or controlling the behavior of its members in significant respects or making decisions for the tribe or group, which substantially affects its members and or representing the tribe or group in dealing with outsiders and matters of consequence. So interesting how you know, there are strategies. I mean, there are tactics, a lot of tactics, um, to shape political process, um, and relationships, information and money, collective action. They're not new, but, uh, they are quickly identifiable, uh, when it comes to, you know, elected officials or what's happening in our country right now. So, I want to leave you with that. Be mindful of, you know, where your influence is coming from. Be mindful of the influences that um, kind of take over when you're about to vote. Uh, you know, look at look at the track record of who you're voting for. See what policies they support and why. And just be very careful. Be very, very careful about who's influencing you and your thoughts and what you believe. So I just want to leave you with that, man. Very quick, nothing too deep. I had to keep it a little light after <laughs> the last podcast it was so intense. Um, but I just wanted to say hi and let you know that, listen, you are in the <laughs> greatest time <laughs> of American history. You were born for a reason. You are here. There's a purpose for your life right now got to figure out what that is and run, figure out what God wants you to do and just run, keep your head down. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right and just work, do what you're supposed to be doing here. So I leave you with that. See you Wednesday, my friends, angel. I'm going to be on, I'm not going to be live, but I will be on podcast with angel. He's going to be on the rookie revival series. He's going to talk about his testimony. The dude has worked with James O'Keefe, um, who's part of Project Veritas and um, has his own independent, independent media company. 
So I'm excited to get to know him. If you haven't pre-ordered the book, go ahead and do that. Love you guys so much. Have a great night. Oh, and listen, I have extended the um, giveaway to the end of March. So if you want quick $25 free Amazon gift card, go ahead, take this podcast, take a, a screenshot of it really quick, tag me on Instagram or Facebook, and you will be entered April 1st, April Fool's Day <laughs> of all days, April 1st for um, that gift card giveaway. So enjoy. Thank you for listening and sharing the Rookie Marican podcast. If you would like to become a partner to hear more episodes like this, go to rookierevival.com. Thank you so much for the support.